Hello, Sebastian. Mr. Brown. Oh, there it is. So here's the weird thing, Seth. Yes. Where's the music? Because every time I listen to our podcast, there's like some music when we come into the room, and I'm just wondering why there's no music now. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, someday I will reveal my <laughs> secrets. Oh my goodness, Sebastian, what's going on, man? Man, uh, just another week in paradise. You know what? You don't need gloves when the dumpster fire is this hot. No. It is. <laughs> it is. I, I think we were joking last week that, you know, whatever, whatever person it is who keeps saying, oh, but it can't get any worse. Like that. Cut it out. Stop it already. Stop. Stop it. Please stop. It was, I can't uh, take any more. I, um, I was joking with a buddy of mine. And I was like, you know, I wish 2020 would just tell me what the problem is so I could fix it like, and apologize. <laughs> like, I don't know what I did wrong 2020, and I'm sorry for it. <laughs> Clearly, I can't fix the problem if you won't talk to me 2020. That's right. <laughs> no, I don't know what I did. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we, how long you want to, anyone who's ever been married knows how to play this game. Like, you know, this goes a lot, this goes a lot easier if you just tell me what the answer is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that there is an answer. I, I just, I feel like it's just, I don't know. It's a combination to me of like the chickens coming home to roost. Mm. Like, you know, we, we didn't, um, you know, we've talked about this before. We, we took the easier route and didn't take the threat of, of, um, of the right in this country seriously. Like very similar to what happened in Europe. And yeah. I was about to say those, who, those who do not learn from history, um, probably never had it taught to them in U.S. schools because there's no federal standard. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, and, and maybe that's the, maybe actually, Sebastian, maybe that is part of the issue. Maybe the reason is that people aren't doing better is because people don't know. Like maybe, I mean, when we, I think it's John Oliver did a fantastic takedown of, you know, the lack of consistent world history and especially U.S. history um that's not taught and so maybe there's a lot of people who maybe don't know what it was like in 1936 germany you know and if you say to them you know the burning of the reichstag they're like "Mm, i don't know what that means is that is that is that a level on call of duty (laughs) (laughs) you know and 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 maybe that's it maybe that's what we're seeing and but i also feel there's you know it's this constant i mean 2020 has truly been passive aggressive with me at least from a political (laughs) standpoint because you know i I go to bed last night, wake up this morning, thank God. And, you know, I see that Joe Biden's ranked in $365 million, which is yeah. just insane. It is insane. <laughs> I mean, there, there are things that make me uh, optimistic. And yeah. we talked about that before. And then, the, I mean, the, I was going to say the other part of what's going on is just um, the scales dropping from our eyes. Mm. I mean, you know, uh, black men being killed by police. I don't know if you know this, Darius, but not a new thing. Not a new thing. <laughs> really? Get out of town. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and, you know, we've talked about this so many times, but it, it just is constantly coming home to me that, like, so much of this is uh, just, you know, uh, willful ignorance that we can't get away with anymore because there's evidence all over the place now, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's a good thing. Like it's painful, but holy crap, we can't pretend this isn't happening. Like it's it's taken us too long to get to this point, frankly. But like, thank goodness, at least we, we can't deny the, the 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 evidence when it's right in front of your face. And you know, about time. This is well, you know, um, <laughs> to, to paraphrase uh, Dave Chappelle, um, cognitive dissonance is a hell of a drug. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. You know. I, I agree with you. Our fault. It's, it's, it's um, I was reading um, that the Attorney General Barr um, said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase it because I don't remember the exact quote. Something to the effect of, I don't believe there are um, right. there's a black justice system and a white justice system.'" Yeah. I was yeah. like, "Well, if that's he the case, said, then- <laughs> yeah." He said, "Black men are treated differently by police, but I don't think that's racism." Yeah. Well. You know, okay. I, well, and again, when it, so when it comes to 
you know, the scales falling away. Oh, by the way, and I would say to Barr, you're right. We only, you're right. We don't have a black justice system and a white justice system. We just have one justice system that treats black people and brown people unfairly. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you want to split hairs. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. You know what? I agree with you, Trump. Let's stop the mail-in voting and let's just go with absentee voting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, because that's you the win. safe Oh, if only it was that easy to fool them with their own stupidity. But yeah, but, but but I also hold that, you know, going back to that joke I made earlier, that cognitive dissonance is a hell of a drug. I mean, when people have attached so much of their self-worth and self-value to a position, you know, evidence that is contributing to what my expectation of the world is, is just easily dismissed, right? Yeah. It's, it's not, you know... One plus one equals two. Well, if that's the way you feel about it. Yeah. I mean, no, it's, it, my feelings have nothing to do with that. <laughs> I'm listening to another podcast. And oh. don't, don't hold it against me. Oh, my goodness. It's my second favorite podcast. It, is that person cross-listening? Because they should definitely be listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, her name is Jill Lepore. She's a okay. historian. Um, and I can't recommend this podcast enough. It's called The Last Archive. Mm, and her okay. premise is... Um, basically, she's on a, a you know a detective investigation to find out who killed the truth. Mm. It's, it's is precisely the the point you're making. It's like we're at this point now where you know um, if if I say it, then it is so, and mm. and it doesn't matter what evidence is presented to, to you know to the contrary. I believe what I believe. Period. And and she's just trying to figure out where that came from. Is it new? Um, some of it's new. Some of it's not new. What what is it replacing? Um, some of it's replacing bad stuff with more bad stuff. So it's replacing okay. good stuff with bad stuff. <laughs> and some of it, you know, I mean, like it, it, the episode I just listened to was um, tracing the rise of radical feminism in the um, from the '60s, but but really in the '70s with the the um, ERA and the, oh, the yeah, Women's yeah. Convention, um, okay. and how the the early meetings were about consciousness raising and sharing personal experience and that women it was really a reaction against you know lawmaking and uh cases in court and other um decision making going on uh, w about women's reproductive rights and 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 uh um uh, yeah and, and lives mm -hmm. without women having input right and mm. they were saying we are the experts on women's experience but they inadvertently sort of set up the the uh, this context that allowed right-leaning women to say, "Well, our experience is that you know uh, life is sacred and and abortion is an evil thing, and nobody mm -hmm. should be allowed to do it. It should be illegal, and that family is the most important thing, and women's rights roles in the home, and that's my experience. So it's just as right as yours. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's just it's it's anyway, it's a fascinating podcast, and I think that um, it it just lends credence to something we constantly are saying on uh, when we have conversations, which is this is bad, but I think it's coming from like uh, a energy that is attempting to do good and in the long run will do good you know what I mean it's that mm -hmm. basic faith that we're on a journey as a as a species that has its ups and downs it's true there, there are peaks and valleys <laughs> there, there, there is no despite what Trump would have you believe about the stock market there was nothing in science or economics that says the trend must forever go up no no <laughs> Past results, not necessarily indication <laughs> of future returns. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, That's a business school joke for us. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, but as I, and I think actually, let's see, the last time we talked, so I think the last time we talked, um, obviously, Lake had been, you know, at this point, shot and attacked by cops. Um, yeah. and, and I think recently had just, actually, no, I think this came a couple of days ago. He recently was just unhandcuffed from his bed, yeah right? it's like you know at, at at what point does it at what point does someone say maybe maybe this isn't a good look like maybe handcuffing the paralyzed man to the bed <laughs> is not the way we want to go here if we are trying to rally um people to our side like it's, it's kind of like a marketing thing right you know like <laughs> let's 
let's maybe emphasize, you know, this aspect, maybe de-emphasize the cruel and unusual punishment. Well, and, um, and didn't you think that, I mean, that to me was just an indication. They still haven't adapted to the new reality, which is that, you know, there there is video footage. They they were thinking, oh, this is just like the old days where we just yes. say, well, he's he has a, a criminal past, mm-hmm. uh, a weapon found in the car, a utility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we're arresting him for assault against a police officer, and there, problem solved, right? I mean, <laughs> and they still don't understand that. Like we can see you, we see what you're doing. Like <laughs> it is well, and you know, but that is true. And I also think what we're starting to go to is it's not so much feelings anymore. It's you know what's in my heart or what's in my yeah. mind. And I think it goes back a little bit to what we talked about with Ted Yoho, right? You know, I may have done something that outwardly manifested as horrific and misogynistic <laughs> and ugly, but in my heart, which yeah. nobody can see and only God can judge, right. I was truly just passionate about X, Y, Z. And I think we see a lot of that with police officers as well, where, you know, if you, if you look at police officers who are videotaped and their depositions about why they shot, they sound eerily the same. Yeah. Um, it was, it's, it's kind of, I was afraid for my life. I was, you know, the suspect didn't do X or didn't do Y right. and I didn't was afraid for my life. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's that, and you know, when you see police officers from widely disparate, geographically disparate areas um, and widely disparate, you know, size populations of town like mm-hmm. this is big big city small city you know east west midwest like it is roughly along the lines of a thousand monkeys typing for a thousand years on a thousand <laughs> typewriters and ending up with shakespeare like i'm not going to say it's impossible but i will say it's statistically highly improbable highly that unlikely. all of these police officers you know say these exact same words um and, and almost in the exact same order like the, i was watching a video that sweet, had sweet. It, it literally it was that you know the person just really wanted to see it he um he he didn't you know in the little box like the brady bunch box he had a bunch of officers um talking about their police shooting experiences and they were all the same yeah with yeah. with minimal variability right and then you know i'm um I think it goes back to what you said earlier, Sebastian, about the whole idea of, you know, we have peaks and we have valleys. So, you know, I have a valley of Blake being shot. I have a peak of Joe Biden running, raising $365 million. And then, you know, earlier in the week, we had the valley of Tucker Carlson. Um, I know it's, but we have to talk about it, right? We The perpetual valley. The perpetual valley. That guy's a low point for the entire species. Across the entire space-con continuum. I mean, those of us in science fiction who deal with quantum theory that says that every single possibility happens, like in every single reality, this guy's an ass. Like, he's the one fixed point of, <laughs> he's the one fixed point of assholery across the entire <laughs> space-time quantum continuum. Like, you know, like, you know, we see these science fiction movies where, you know, the people go from universe to universe and sometimes the person's evil, sometimes, you know, the hair is blue. Like, yeah. no, Tucker no. is consistently this all yes. the time. Across the entire multiverse. Across the, the, the entire The one consistent multiverse. source of assholium. <laughs> hmm. Yes. Yes. And and to hear him, to hear him, okay, so, and actually, you know what, it's like that joke we talk about all the time, right? You know, that tiger didn't go crazy when you attacked that person, that tiger went tiger. So I expect mm. those things from Tucker Carlson. I don't, in order to end suffering, I end desire. Like, I don't desire Tucker to be different because I know that's what he is. But I will offer that the the rapid fire with which that um, missive was taken up. Like, you know, here's this, you know, what do you expect a 17-year-old to do? Oh, my God. And it's like, really? That's that's where we are? You know, where? Yeah. I, I, I... I I think, or maybe I just hope, but I mm. I'm gonna say that I think that um, the Rittenhouse uh, turning him into a hero is like a really bad problem for the right because it's it, there's you there's can't no come back from that. Worse. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we keep saying that. So I mean, like I I'm aware that I keep saying like, now nah, that's that's yeah, it. Well, that's there's definitely no the line. Like at, you know, at this point, that's got to cause support to follow up. 
Yeah. Um, but at some point, there, I mean, you know, you only know the, the, uh, when the red line is crossed after you cross the red line. So this is true. one of those things I think like maybe that's it, you know? <laughs> I think it's going to be a combination of red lines that actually end up making yeah. a box. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's clearly, it's clearly, it's, you know, for those of us who are old enough, we remember the video game Tron, like, you know, where you drove the car <laughs> and, the, and the line came out eventually, if you didn't drive correctly, you box yourself in. And I think that's, that's what we see, you know, Bruce Boxleitner. <laughs> yes. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it, it just gets to the point I, where I, you I can't. usually restrain myself, but I, no, no, no. I, so I, when it comes to Tron, you got to let it go. It's a Tron, exactly. And not Tron Legacy. No. Because, you know, that's right up there with Caddyshack 2 in terms of uh, sequels. But <laughs> that's right. I said it. <laughs> I don't care how much CGI you put in the movie, you can't make, <laughs> you can't turn shit into a souffle. I'm sorry, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't puff up right. It's, oh, I see. You spent all of your movie money on the CGI budget and you forgot to pay the writers. That's why this doesn't That's make sense. Definitely what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's anyway, a horrible sorry, movie. It's going to look cool. I derailed your, your analysis. You did not. I, you you cannot strong. derail me. I choose to go along with you, Sebastian. <laughs> okay, okay, good. <laughs> but yeah, we, we talk about you know boxing yourself in and this whole idea of, you know, is Joe Biden a Trojan horse for the left or is he soft? You know, is Kamala Harris, you know, all about right. you know, a, a radical lefty or is she a hardcore prosecutor? It's like you, any of us who took any sort of marketing class at any level right. realize that message matters. Yes, you can't have it always. Exactly, <laughs> right? And you, you, you know, what's the, the quickest way to piss off was the, the the quickest way to piss off everybody is to try to satisfy everyone yes, all the time. Very, very true. Yeah. And and this idea of, you know, glomming on to, you know, you can't talk about you can't talk about, you know, trying to protect the suburbs and intimating that, you know, Cory Booker is going to be put in charge of destroying <laughs> your suburbs. Ooh, and interesting scary, choice, by the way. Of all the senators, yeah, Booker. right. Of all the senators to pick, you pick the bald headed black one. Um, but I know I, I didn't even know that. Has to do. I, I had no idea. He was just a Democrat. We just picked him out of a hat. Um, but yeah, this idea. I just don't like that, his name. Exactly. It's well, the evil veganism that makes him uh, a threat. You know, they're really just jealous that he's able to date Rosario Darson. I think you yeah, know that's probably it. But yeah, this this idea of, of boxing yourself in all the way. You know, of, eventually you you try to pivot left and right, and you just can't because you've given yourself absolutely yeah. no wiggle room right yeah. it's it's and also the other thing that's a little i mean there's a lot of things that are distressing about the rent house situation um you know the fact yeah. is that the trump rally you know the fact that you know it's almost like people are trying to parse the details like it's not well did he have the gun when he left illinois or did he <laughs> obtain the gun in wisconsin it's you like know. he was under 18 and had an illegal firearm yeah you know, he drove across state lines to go self-defend himself. Well, you know, listen, if, but I think if, you know, and if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it, Sebastian, for a, for a certain aspect of, of white people, hashtag not all white people, um, you know, the defense is not just their personal space, their defense is the culture, right? Yeah. And since the culture is everywhere, they feel that they must defend the culture everywhere, which is why somebody from Illinois can get it in their head that he must drive to Wisconsin to defend something. Did you hear that uh, his um, attorneys um, intend to say that he was part of a well-formed militia? That's his defense. Yeah, I have not heard that. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things with that. <laughs> oh, you have an issue? <laughs> I have a thought. Um, you know, I, so you and I both have, our, you and I are both parents and we both have children, right? And so when our kids were young and we talked about this, you know, we would ask them, you know, how did you see this playing out in your mind? Yeah. Right. And I would, and I would maybe ask the Rittenhouse defense team, like, how do you see this playing out like this? You want to give yourself as a defense attorney multiple avenues for success. And it feels like they're going all in with one. And the scary 
when I think is, is maybe the, the other part. But you're right, this idea of a well-formed militia, like uh, under yeah. the age of 18, can you yeah. even allow, like, I, I don't know how that works. I don't I know don't, how that I don't think works. it ends well. I don't it, think it ends well. Well, I mean, you know. The question it immediately begs is, okay, so who is the commander? Yes, exactly, right? <laughs> right. Clearly, you must have a chart. Because, yeah, because <laughs> we definitely need to talk to that person. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well or um you know and and you listen I, I i i actually i think it might be some version of the twinkie defense um and by twinkie yeah. defense i mean something where somebody's clearly mentally distressed um but they blame it on something external i think in this case the twinkie is going to be um the radicalization yeah. um that he was you know that he undergoed uh, which is not trump's fault you know trump is going to be the one person that maybe kicked it off or pushed yeah. it over um but i think that's I, I think you're looking at some sort of diminished capacity well i mean the interesting thing too though is if mm. they try to go um this route of like you know he, he was part of a well oh, i can't <laughs> even say it i know i know i know <laughs> well, right wfm we'll just say wfm yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. uh, WTF is more like mm, yeah um, exactly uh, then I I wonder if they may be opening a door for a constitutional challenge to the Supreme Court right I mean or at least laying down the framework for like okay what exactly is a well a well-maintained militia mm. right because if we can say what it is then we can probably prove all of the things that it is not i.e you know, a bunch mm. of Yahoo's want to go shoot at things on the weekend with AR-15s. Like, yeah. that's not a well-regulated militia, so why should they have the right to bear arms, right? I mean, like, I could imagine a bunch of different ways to um, to finally get some, uh, some like, legal clearance for, uh, for gun control laws that don't um, rely on you know, going against the, uh, the lobby power, the NRA, and all the rest of the stuff that, um, that makes uh, Republicans, um, you know, gives them the ability to stand in the way of just completely rational gun control laws. It's um, so I, so much we were talking earlier about there being no federal standard for education in the United States. And unfortunately, um, there is really no federal standard for jurisprudence. Right. Yeah. And so depending on where that case lands, yes. <laughs> you know, it could have two very different paths. Right. If it if it lands in um, was the, I think the Ninth Circuit, California. Yeah. Um, you know, that will have something very different than if it lands in the Texas Circuit. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, and going back to what we talked about for Barr, you know, the idea that there are radically different interpretations of what is legal and what is not legal and, you know, how things should proceed. Um, I think some variability is necessary for the system. I completely agree. But I mean, yeah. It's almost like there are two separate federal judiciary systems, one that is painted blue and one that is painted red. And now you have people who are actively choosing to mount their challenges in one or the other, right? There's a reason why, you know, the there's a reason why the the abortion cases were, you know, yeah, brought in Louisiana and Texas and not in California. That's right. Right. You know, this is Oh, oh, speaking of court cases, did we see yes. how, how Flynn just got smacked down by the D.C. Circuit? Um, I think it was Which eight part? to two. Um, the fact that uh, they allowed Judge Sullivan to uh, keep going to determine whether the case oh, should yeah, be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, I, I, I mean, I only know one name, but I know Naomi Rao, who was there, was, it's, it's right. really difficult to get outvoted by four to one. That's, yes. that's that's actually <laughs> yes. quite an achievement. I mean, when, if you think about yeah. it, you know, to to be so far outside the law, yeah, that people, even your fellow Republican appointees, are just like, mm, yeah, I can't go. Yeah, on that. can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh have been disappointing to the the Trumpies because they're so far outside of what's like obviously um, right. You know. It is, and you know, that's, and, and we think about this, you know, what has it come to in your life when you get everything you want, you get the judge you want, and because they don't, 
because they're not in lockstep with you all the way, like somehow they're, I mean, basically what you're asking for is I need your political alliance to, right. to overwhelm and be more important or highly valued than your idea of interpreting the law. And if you right. somehow manage to come to a different interpretation, you know, not only are you, not only are you wrong on this case, but you know, this impeach Gorsuch, impeach Kavanaugh, um, I think more Gorsuch based on some of his votes, you know, almost, almost rising to the same crescendo as impeach Roberts. Like, yeah, I don't know if you watched any of these sci-fi movies, but eating your own very rarely ends up being good for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it comes to this whole idea of, you know, if, if you're going to call everybody a rhino and eat them, you know, the only people who will stay in your party are those who are born to it. And you need to keep 100% of them because you will be able to attract very, very little relative to what the other side is attracting. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, yeah, I think what was it AOC who said, you know, maybe it feels like it's the end of something, but maybe it's just the end of the bad time. Um, you know, we've, we, we've talked, uh, I think maybe one or twice about, you know, this maybe, maybe this is, and actually maybe it's obvious because we've never seen this. Maybe this is what death throws look like on a national scale. Like oh, maybe, one hopes. you know, it's, it's, well, here's the thing. I don't think 2020 can take so much from me, whether it be Elijah <laughs> Cummings or whether it be John Lewis or Chadwick Boseman oh my God, or yeah. like, or John Thompson, you know, like, it, it feel and you know and and that's just the people who who died of natural causes, let alone the people who were murdered and taken yeah. from us. Like, you know, to to it feels like twenty twenty owes me something on November third. <laughs> <laughs> I voted. What do I get? Exactly. Well, you know, and maybe it's like that friend you know who owes you fifty bucks, and you have to track him down all the time, and then you just arrange a way to be at the same location that they're going to be just like oh hey i didn't know we we're going to be here maybe that's what it's like maybe we have to maybe that's the hard work we have to track 2020 down and tell it to pay us our 50 dollars <laughs> on november 3rd or however long you know because actually i think in some places i think early voting starts in some places like september 14th i think yeah my dad's registered in pennsylvania i think they start i think they send out their ballots the second week of september yeah, it's coming up at long last. Uh, it, it, it I'm is. both like I'm I'm anxious for the election. I'm in both ways, in both mm -hmm. senses of the word. I want it to come, and I am also terrified of it. It is well, you know, and that's and that's how you know it matters, right? Because it hits you on a couple of different levels. Yeah. Um, and I was reading um, that Whoa. now Democrats are starting to view or people identifies Democrats in polls are starting to view the Supreme Court as importantly or at the same levels that Republican voters do, um, which is probably not what yes. any Republican Thanks. pollster wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Democrats who care or, or Democrats who become single issue voters. Yeah. Right. Because that's I think that's been the bread and butter for the Republican side. And that's true. You know, whether it be. A, I mean, I think it's a multitude of single issues for the business side. It's obviously lower taxes for, you know, evangelicals. It's about gay marriage and abortion, um, you know. And so whatever that single issue is, um, you know, you use it to drive polls. And, and the idea that that there are not Democrats who were becoming more single issue voters, I think um, that 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 can't. That can't go well. It's not, it's not a good thing. No, not for it's, them. Well, not for the Republicans. I mean, clearly for, you know, I mean, really yeah, I do have more the, exactly, yeah, right? For the right side. That's right. I said it. Yeah. <laughs> for the good guys. Oh, no, we're shamelessly biased. So, yeah. Well, listen, like I tell my wife all the time, Sebastian, just because I'm biased doesn't mean I'm wrong. And I know that sounds a lot like Laura Ingram, but, you know, I'm just correct where she's in for By the way, speaking of Laura Ingram, we have yes. to talk about that crazy oh. interview. Oh. Okay. Oh my you, God! Go ahead. Go and ahead. Just the degree to which she was trying to save him from himself was one thing. Just that I—that's why I mean, I've never seen an interview try to go like. But you don't mean in the crazy way. You mean like in some kind of sane way. No, no, no. Like, I said what I said. No, I mean no, what I, I said. I meant or... the right way. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to correct me. 
<laughs> exactly. Are you that dumb. Are you being a nasty woman to me, Laura? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and 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 I and there is something to that though. There's something to this idea of, you know, are, are we surprised by this? Like it's it's what do we say all the time, Sebastian? It is not a bug. It's a feature. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is how that particular system works and is designed. And it's like th there was a. I think on similar numbers, there was an article and it talked about the immovability of Trump's um, favorability numbers, right? Mm -hmm. How um, they've never gone above 50%, which is, I think, a modern record for a yeah. president. Um, but they've never dipped below, um, like, four, I think, 40%, if I remember yeah, the number 30, correctly. 39 or 38, I think. They, the, 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 they said that no. there was, yeah, like the, but the, <laughs> so the, what is it they have uh, a very low variability around the mean right like they they you know within five or ten points which is because you know i think bush went from like 80s to 30s right like all these yeah. other presidents have these wild much more swings. volatility yeah much sure. more volatility right which you would expect because it's a volatile world yeah um but i think what that talks about is exactly what you and i have been saying for at least the last 11 episodes you know this idea that there's for a large swath of voters, like they've already made up their mind, both both for and against Trump, right? You know, yeah. the, and maybe that's where he is going to fall down because there aren't that many vote, new votes to get. No, no, and the new votes, any anyone we turn out votes for mm -hmm. Democrats. I mean, that's, yeah, that and that's been the pattern for a long time. That's why voter suppression is their only real strategy. It, well, it has to be. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's a survival strategy, right? Because I mean, say the quiet part out loud. You know, when, when more people vote, Republicans tend to lose. Yeah. yeah. It's not really, okay. it's not a terrific, it's sort of a sign that maybe, oh, hang on. Yeah, right. It's incompatible <laughs> with democracy. Now I get their strategy. Oh. Well, they, I'm, I'm... they need an autocrat because <laughs> that's the only way a minority, by the way, I listened to uh, a replay of um, uh, uh, Trevor Noah um, okay. on, uh, on KQED the other night from four years, four years ago, I think. Yeah, it was just after Trump was elected. He had just released his book, um, uh, Born Illegal, uh -huh. um, and uh, because... Oh, yeah, the yeah, interracial... Right, yeah. he, was, he was literally illegal when he was mm -hmm. born, which is such a bizarre thing. And um, uh, he talked about, like, the apartheid state was sort of explaining to the audience it was a minority trying to control a majority, so their only strategy was to, um, to divide and mm -hmm. to turn all the various groups against each other or to you know make you know uh, he was deemed a colored person because he was mixed race that was the term for it and um they had different uh different um rights and privileges than the black population yes and the white population so and he was just saying like they subdivided as much as they could because they didn't you know they didn't want anybody to just sort of wake up to the fact that they were the majority and could just you know take power essentially which is what uh what eventually happened but it was just it was interesting to hear that um that basically the apartheid government is is, is a version of what the republicans are trying to create right now oh yeah it's it is you know there's um and i'm going to use an example of a, an animal not tied to any party but they talk about you know that's how you raise baby elephants right you put a chain on it when it's small and when it grows up it still thinks the chain right. is there and right, right. and your only control is to hope that the elephant doesn't realize that it could clearly fuck you up at any point in time right. and so and i think that's 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 what you're talking about right this idea of oh wait a minute there's the gates unlocked we can just walk through it oh well we should probably do that <laughs> yeah hey i've got an idea let's see. yeah well and 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 yeah all, so all of this you know, all of the, oh, actually, I, oh my goodness, because my brain fires off in so many directions when we talk. I also wanted to highlight, going way back to Rittenhouse, that this whole idea of keeping the suburbs safe, when Rittenhouse comes from the suburbs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and is a gun-toting, radicalized youth, like, that's, I, I, I hope in my heart, Sebastian, that there's going to be a lot of people who live in Trump households Maybe, you know, it's their husband who is, you know, a vocal Trump voter. And, you know, they're just silently going to, they're just silently going to pull 
Democratic ticket. Yeah, um, they might not talk about it because I don't think it's, it's safe. No, no. What uh, is there an ad there from? Was a, uh, there was a yeah Lincoln. I think it was a Lincoln Project ad, oh. which was basically um, you don't have to talk about it. Just you know, vote for Biden and don't tell anybody. No one will ever know. <laughs> wow. So here's the thing. I had not seen that, but I clearly, as I just expressed, yes, I like that. You support it. Yeah. Well, I, I also think it's, you know, one of the things we talked about at work when we started having these discussions around racial and ethnic justice was, you know, sometimes it may not feel safe to broach the topic, right? You know, it's one thing to say, oh, you should be bold and you should, you know, talk about this wherever you are. It's like, but you know, you know, talking to a police officer on midnight on a Mississippi highway is not the time to, you know, call out the systemic racism involved in policing, right? There has to be, there is maybe some, a time and a place for everything. And I think it, it goes to that. Like, I think we really, going back to, I think, what, two topics ago, you know, when you combine toxic masculinity with this yeah. idea of American exceptionalism, I think that there are many, many women um, in relationships with men who for right. whatever reason, it is not safe to articulate, um, you know, their true thoughts and their true feelings. Yeah, totally. Um, and and I think you're right. I th- I, I I think, and like I don't think it's is it going to sway, is it going to sway the population one way or the other? But no. Um, but what I will offer is that you know Trump has so few places to lose votes. That's right. That he, you know, all it would take is one to two percent of those women, you know, vocally, you know, screaming with their husbands and soundly voting Democrat yeah. to, to just, to just radically alter the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. So I like that Lincoln. I, so say that again for our eight listeners. What's that again? That was the Lincoln project. It was the Lincoln project. Yeah. Okay. And it was basically, uh, you know, you don't have to talk about it. Just vote Biden and mm-hmm. uh, no one will know. It is. It, well, it's, it's important because I see so many states, and also going back to what we were talking about earlier, this whole marketing, right? So I see where, you know, the the Republican machine is saying that, you know, Biden, Biden going to the Midwest, like, because I think his trip to Minnesota is probably, I think he's swinging by Kenosha as well. But, you know, his, his visiting Minnesota shows that he is weak in Minnesota. And it's like, well, you know, we were all there four years ago when Hillary didn't visit these states as often. Yeah. And look what happened. So I don't know that that's the message you want to go with. <laughs> or or yeah, why, or why they wouldn't expect him to go to states. I mean, like, take nothing for granted. Run like you're five points down. Hell yeah, I'm going to Wisconsin. I'm going to Minnesota. I'm going to Michigan. I think we may have lost Ohio as a purple state, which is fine. Um, you know, but I'm going to all these places not because I am weak, but because I don't want yeah. to take these voters for granted. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously it's not a, a normal um, election cycle because of COVID, no. but I do think that he, he needs to, you know, make an appearance in as many places as possible. I believe he is going to Kenosha tomorrow. I think. Yeah, I think he, he and, I think he, I, I read he um, and Jill Biden, I think are going to be there Oh, Jill, Thursday. that's right, that's right. Yeah. That's um, right. I, so, uh, you know, and, and this is the problem when when bad news is so loud that, um, you know, the, the idea that the, what is it, the Intel chiefs have decided that they're going to stop um, yeah. uh, briefing. Is it, is it the Senate and the House or just both, yeah. both intelligence committees, right? House. Yeah. yeah, we're just going to stop giving you in-person briefings. Yeah, Why? that was extraordinary. Oh, and there's also the email that came out with uh, um, good old Chad Wolf, um, oh boy. perfectly named Chad Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> Steve Holt. Um, <laughs> um, I haven't seen this one. This is new news. What's what's going on yeah, with Chad so, Wolf? Uh, he he. There's an email that says basically, don't release this um, intelligence <laughs> about. Uh, Russian interference in elections until we talk to DS1, I think it was DS or AS1, whatever his, his, uh, his designation. So it was basically talk to Chad before you release this news uh, to the House, like to you know, the Senate committee and stuff. Well, and, and, and this, I mean, the idea that now you are selectively releasing information, oh, right? I think this is, I mean, this goes back to Devin News, right? You know, yeah. you. You know, officially you tell no one on the committee, but somehow all the Republican staffers knew about it before. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, it's and or, or, is. No, there's a name yeah, for you. Terrible he is. It is, you know, it is. I think that's the other danger of this Trump presidency is that we forget because he is so abysmal and so outside the norm, we forget how bad we forget how bad, you know, the GW Bush administration was. We forget about Cheney. We I had to look up the other day, um, you know, David Duke, right? Because Scalise right. um was, you know, caught on tape. Not caught. Actually, I'm not, can you, you're not caught on tape if you're willingly doing it, right? That, can we just get over that? <laughs> like, oh, he was caught recorded. on tape being what? Yeah, exactly. It was recorded. Willfully recorded. Willfully recorded, um, you know, at a gathering of, you know, white supremacists and Nazis. Um, you know, this idea that he, he articulated that he was David Duke without the baggage. Yeah. <laughs> And, and part of what gets me is they're so good at marketing. Clearly, like I'm just, sold. I'm yeah, really. Is that it? Because you know, I was looking. You just sold me exactly what I was looking for. Um, you know, this whole idea of because you know I'm a big David Duke fan, but all that baggage. But you know, <laughs> the thing is, David Duke without the baggage is still David Duke, right? And I mean, I think David Duke is the baggage. That you know what now your stuff is coming out right, <laughs> and you know I well cause, and and how we got all this stuff is we were talking about how we forget sometimes right. Um, when I went back and looked at I think it was the uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center um, file on David Duke, like one I had forgotten all the things that he had done you know to get even on the ballot in nineteen I think it was ninety one ninety two, right. um, but I mean this guy's been like you know he was stealing funds when George Wallace was running for president like he's got and that was in like 72 like you know leopards don't change their spots nope you know and apples tend not to fall not too far away from masters. the trees <laughs> or grand wizard sorry exactly exactly you were thinking of grandmaster flash I think grand <laughs> wrong, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, those now those two very rarely get confused. Grand Wizard, very rarely, yes. <laughs> Grand yeah. Wizard versus Grandmaster. But yeah, I thought it was. I think that's where that's where we. That's maybe the danger, and 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 I will continue to come back to this because as I see, you know, Kelly Conway leaving the administration, um, ostensibly, I guess to tell her daughter to shut up. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. Like, <laughs> okay. Turns out a 15-year-old is a real political liability. Yeah. <laughs> Teenagers, man. You know, clearly. You either got to have them teams. early or have them late. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, this idea of somehow people who weren't around at the very end are going to try and mark oh, themselves as clean. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, it's, and, and we, <laughs> thank goodness yeah. there's a Wayback Machine. Um, because we need to make sure that we are holding yeah. individuals accountable. Yeah. For... It's on video. We we saw you. <laughs> Just like tape. the cops. There we is know, tape. We know what you did. We watched you. It is true. And, and I think one of the other things is you and I, I don't think, had an opportunity to talk about it because it happened, I think, maybe right after our uh, our last week. Um, you know, the, the idea of socialized, sorry, of organized um, protest in sports, which mm -hmm. I, I don't, I mean, you know, I, I'm only on this planet for 48 years and I don't have a memory of the first time, probably five of it, but I can't remember in the 43 years of my memory of something like this happening in sports where, you know, one team basically decides, no, it's not going to happen. And before you know it, it is it is torn across the yeah. entire sports world um, to the point where even I think the NHL you know was like oh no we're just going to keep playing and they just got excoriated mm -hmm. um, rightly so um, you know for for having those games I think even I think even NASCAR not you know also you know kind of got a little bit of flack for continuing to go forward and it's just yeah. the idea of I've just never seen anything like that ever Me neither. ever. Um, yeah. And I think it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, Sebastian, seeing new things that have never happened before gives me, keeps me hopeful and keeps me on the idea that, okay, it's, it's not like it was before. Like this has never happened. Oh, well, right. this has never happened. Right. Okay. Um, you know, the idea that it's never happened before, if we go back to our sci-fi time loop thing, if there are new things happening in the time loop, 
um, then we are going to get, get a different outcome. And I think it's just making sure that we're working to get the outcome <laughs> that that we we want, um, and, not, yeah. and not to blindly expect it or hope for it. Like hope is yeah, yeah. hope is. I mean, it's important, but it, it's. I mean, you know, I think we've been certainly on the left. Uh, the the you know white liberals have been complacent, right? Mm. I mean, um, I think that, you know, I mean, you can go back to, we've talked about this before, that whole, like, Obama's president, so racism mm. assault, right? Mm. I mean, um, we thought that that was going to be, you can see it even in the, the reaction to, um, you know, not uh, the perception that he didn't keep his promise about closing Guantanamo. It's like, mm. you know, I mean, um, government is complicated, politics is hard, and, and the, the president is not. <laughs> despite the current yeah. occupant of the office. Dictatorially empowered. Right. And yeah. so, but but there was this, there wasn't any contextual awareness of all of those other elements of, of why it might be, why, you know, getting rid of Gitmo, shutting it down might be difficult. Mm -hmm. It was just like, well, that's what I voted for Obama for and, and he's not doing mm -hmm. it. And there was this kind of, a little bit of abandoning, I think, of, of Obama by uh, by white Democrats after um, after the election because I think we because, saw that. Yeah, I think because they thought like, okay, we we, we, we tried to the black man, so yeah, yeah, so now like it's up to him to solve all the problems for us. It's like, guys, it doesn't work that way. Well, I mean that. I mean, but we've seen this before, right? Where you know, white executives who lead failing companies are parachuted out and given another opportunity. You know, exactly. black and brown and female executives who lead a failing company are never to be seen from again. And it's this whole That's idea. Right. Um, I, I think it's uh, it's the opposite of the glass ceiling, right? I've heard it referred to as the glass trap door. Right, right. Okay, you're going to be CEO. Um, and yeah, we've lost money, you know, quarter after quarter for the last 10 quarters and our stock price has gone by 30%, but you should be able to fix this, right? We gave you an opportunity. It's like, ah, you know, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, and I think that, I think that's a very real um, description of, of what Obama came into, like a highly dysfunctional, highly, you know, partisan environment. And like you said, you know, the, the president is maybe the most powerful individual in the free world, um, but at some point I was probably the least powerful person in terms of wide-ranging, long-lasting government policy, right? Like, a, you know, executive orders are one thing they can, as we've seen, clearly easily be reversed, but long-term legislative change, right? That's the power of the presidency. They talk about this soft power to persuade, to cajole, um, to, to convince others about compromising a path forward. Right. And, yeah, you, I, it's, yeah, you're right. I, and I think that backlash, like you said, we saw it directly in 2016. And I think if we were to poll people, and if they were honest, um, you know, there'd be a large swath of, you know, Obama 2012 voters who you know, ended up going to Trump 2016, not because of a dislike of Hillary, as much as it is, you know, a dislike of, you know, this black guy. So what's the opposite? Yeah. What's yeah. the opposite? Hmm. Uh, that that I mean, I don't know. Yeah. To, me, to me, that like I knew that Republicans were, mm. uh -huh. but, but it's that is sort of was revelatory to me that there's so much racism on the left as well. That's that's yeah. not that's the kind that's really insidious because it's like. I'm not the, racist. I, you know, look, I, yeah. I have mm -hmm. black friends, basically. Mm -hmm. right? It's it's <laughs> it's the it's the performative aspect of it. Well, and it's the, not recognizing the the unfairness of different expectations. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. Obama had to be one of the most gifted communicators and politicians we've we've seen certainly in my lifetime, and probably yeah, more than yeah. That. for him I, to, I would agree. To be, you know, to be accepted at the level of like I'm a mediocre white guy. <laughs> um, and women face the same thing too they've got to be you know doing superhero levels of of uh of work to be recognized at the same level as like the guy who sort of you know whatever um here thought, yeah, thought it, was, it, sounded, it sounded like a fun job you know <laughs> yeah well you know for, for some people presence is enough yeah right the very fact that they're there you know my wife and i talk about this a lot where you know it's this idea that you know, in order, you know, black people and brown people have to be 
exceptional in all yeah. endeavors in order to have an ordinary life. Yeah. Um, and you're right. The because the <laughs> uh, I forgot where I read it, but you know the joke was that you know the only thing white people hate more than a racist is being called a racist. <laughs> right. Like very true. Like that is. And and it goes maybe even a little bit of what we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, right? Like somehow, I, and I, you know, I I don't necessarily engage with a lot of people on the right because, quite frankly, they choose not to engage with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I have those conversations, it's always, well, Trump, Trump isn't a racist because, and you know, they'll list all these reasons why. I'm like, well, you know. I don't necessarily need Trump's permission to call him a racist. I can do this based on his legislative actions and what he's done. You know, I guarantee you, you know, Charles Manson didn't think of himself as a sick, twisted, you know, homicidal maniac, but I don't need him to call him. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't need him to call himself a sick, twisted homicidal maniac to put that label upon him based on his actions of what he's done. And, you know, this, this idea of because racists are, bad people, you know, then we need to be careful with how we toss that label. It's like, well, not really. I mean, (laughs) you know, if it walks like a duck and it walks like a duck. Just about to say that we use the same cliches. Yeah. Like it's, you know, (laughs) calling it a. That's why we get along so well. Exactly. Exactly. Because the same brain stems, right? Exactly. But yeah, to that point, if it walks like a duck. There was a, um, there was, uh, again, you know, we read so much, but it was, it was the idea that, oh, I remember, they said if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, you know, calling it a malformed platypus really <laughs> is not <laughs> the true essence of what it is, right? Like, you know, and I, and I think we, we um, hit it on it, maybe not last week, but a couple of weeks ago where, you know, just call it a lie. Yeah, like this is a lie. Oh, this that's is a nuts with the the media now. I mean, New York Times will go to uh, absurd lengths to not say, and then he lied about another thing. Yeah, and and you know, there's a uh, there's <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that story of you know you know the American military you know spent millions of dollars trying to develop a pen that could write well upside down because they were going to use it in the space shuttle, right? And what did Russia do? They used a pencil. pencil like yeah. sometimes the sometimes the easiest thing to do um, is also the obvious thing to do. Yeah. And 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 you call into question your ability to deliver honest truths when you yeah. find Over, so yeah. many other ways. Yeah, right? Like I mean I think I think it was you who told me this. There was an uh, uh, someone was tracking an article that said the different ways in which people have said liar, right? It was it was like I don't know if it was you, it might have been someone else, but it was basically like fifty words that the press has used to describe someone who lies or a lying action. It was just like wow, they've they've really gone all out. It, it, you know what it reminds me, of, Sebastian? It reminds me of uh, how I think some of the Native American or indigenous people in, in the Arctic have like 50 words for ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's so much variety, so many different types of snow and ice. Exactly. You, exactly. You're not a connoisseur of ice. <laughs> you you might think that ice was the same, but oh no, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> likewise, those who observe Donald Trump in his native habitat realize yeah. that there's hundreds and hundreds of different ways in which he lies. It is. You know, and, may, and maybe we'll we'll talk a little bit about what what we do next week. But I would offer that maybe a couple of things we talk about is you know the person who was around for the Nuremberg trials, offering warnings about what it is we're seeing. You know, refugees from other countries um, who are coming to the United States. Yeah. It's like you know we left this, and we're yeah. just here to tell you it's here. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> You're in it. You are in it. You know, and 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 let's talk next week, Sebastian, about why we ignore canaries in the coal mine yeah that's a really really good question boom i just named our podcast for this there week. There's in, canaries in the coal mine <laughs> there we go. well i i think um you know we, we'd be remiss if we mm-hmm. ended without um just as you you mentioned in passing but the the death of chadwick boseman was yeah. uh that was rough 
That was rough last weekend. There, there's a lot of science around why you grieve for people you've never met. Yeah. Um, and and I get that, and I you know I I've, I've seen some people you know try to minimize like oh he was just an actor, and it's like well maybe to you, you know. But I remember I remember February of ooh, what 2018, um, when that movie came out, right? It was. Yeah. It was. It was an event. It was. It was actually no. I got the year wrong. It's got to be 2018. It's 2000. Yeah, 2018, right? Yeah. But it was. Yeah, so big of an event. I forgot the year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what it, is time? What is time? Well, it, it kind of goes to what we, uh, what I've mentioned to some other people before. Like you know, my girls grew up only knowing a black president. Right, because that was all mm-hmm. they had seen up until you know 2016, and so the idea that representation matters, um, yeah. it, and, and also because it was successful. Like that movie, first of all, it was a great movie, and I don't care great, if it made, a, yeah. yeah, I don't care if it, made, it was a great story, had everything. I don't care if it made a hundred yeah. million dollars or a billion, but the fact that it made a billion, I think, just gives gives it power to travel Absolutely. far beyond what you know what marvel had intended yeah we know how hollywood the hollywood culture machine works i mean mm-hmm. it's you know it throws darts and when the dart <laughs> hits the bullseye it does a lot more of those darts <laughs> then every studio is like it landed where oh, yeah, okay exactly, exactly. Yeah. no it was it was i mean it definitely was an event it felt like you know, it was one of those moments in culture that it, it felt very participatory like everybody was looking at everybody else going like is this really happening? This is really, you know what's happening, right? This is mm-hmm. really happening. <laughs> yeah, like, wow. Like, it, it, I think it was one of those things where we had grown up um, expecting it not, you know, right. where where you, it's this, I, I don't know what the psychological idea is, but it's this idea that sometimes you tamp down expectations to yeah. avoid disappointment, right? You know, right. it was like, oh, well, you know, hey, if this movie gets 200 million or 300 million, like, you know, yeah, it may not make back the budget, but you know that's going to be huge for a a movie that's centered around black people in Africa with superpowers. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and then when it does what four times that, yeah. Um, you know, I wonder. I wonder what uh, who was it? Is it is it Terry Gilliam, um, the Monty Python yep. uh, character who who criticized Black Panther because he said it? Oh, that's a, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he just, it, it he showed took a, a false dump world. on. Yeah, you know, he just took a dump on superhero movies in general, like as being. For kids or whatever. Exactly, right? He's a crank. Although, yeah, he is definitely, you know, get off my lawn. Although I would argue that he saved some special criticism for Black Panther because he said it. I wonder why. Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was, I wonder what he is going to say, if anything. Um, Hopefully nothing. Hopefully nothing. (laughs) But, you know, I, I think we've come to realize that, you know, although shutting the fuck up is free, um, some people just insist on paying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's, yes. I wanted to mention that. And I wanted to mention in conjunction with Chadwick Boseman, everyone should get a colonoscopy as yes. early as they possibly can. Yes. And I know without, with, you know, before 45, it can be difficult to get insurance to cover it, but there are symptoms that you can say that you have that will trigger a colonoscopy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> There's exactly. No way for that. To, to verify that you actually had those symptoms but you know he was a perfect example of like it must have started it's a very slow moving cancer in general yes. i don't know anything about his particular kind but on average i've read uh there's a medical paper that says it takes 17 years for it to get to metastatic wow. on average it can move faster and you know i was when i was diagnosed with it it had just jumped to metastatic stage mm. and i was super lucky with the timing if i Put it off for another year. I didn't have any particular symptoms. I could have easily just ignored it. Yeah. I put it off for a year. It would have been a much, much harder problem to solve. So the earlier you get it, the you catch it, the earlier um, it's you know sorry, the earlier you catch it, the easier it is to treat and the better your odds are by a long shot. Yes, so, yes, exponentially. Yes, and it's it's one of those. It's 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 a very curable cancer if you get it early, and that's why colonoscopies are really, really important. You know what? I'm changing the name of this podcast um, <laughs> to Early Detection. Early Detection. Colonoscopies are important. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, 
it, it, they really are because like you said, you know, so especially when you're caught up in living life and, you know, all of us are running around with us taking kids or doing our jobs, like, you know, there's so much life to be done yeah. or so much work to be done with life that sometimes we forget to, to, to pay attention to our bodies. Like, yeah. you know, we, we, we slough it off like, Oh, I'm just tired. Cause I've been working 60 hours right. or, or maybe, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> right? right. So yeah, let's, Let's let's end on that. Let's let's urge our one male listener that I know of um, to go out and get that colonoscopy. Sure. They um, can listen to the next episode as they go under for the. Yes. Ex- oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Press play on the on Dave's expression. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>